Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Shevska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on, get in! It's noon on Tuesday, October 19th. Live news you can use being brought to you by YAA. Hey, Zach, how you doing today? Nicely done, Dad. That was Yeah, weird. yeah. But before we get started, I just need to show that because I'm determined to keep wearing Cardinals gear every day until the Cardinals lose their first game and, and then I'll become somebody else's fan. Um, nicely done, Pops. Nicely done. Ken Baran in the house here. Ken, we hope you're doing well. Yes, um, we hope so. Excited to see you here. Pops, we got an action-packed show today. We got quite a few topics we're going to hit on. First, we're going to touch on automakers whose prices have increased the least and the most so far in 2021. We con- uh, consolidated a lot of data there and excited to share that on the show today. The Genesis GV70 was awarded the Motor Trend 2022 SUV of the year. So we're going to hit on that too. I know you're excited to either go buy one or find a friend who has one. Yes, one of the two. We've got some uh, interesting takes on the chip shortage, which is the effect that it's having on the car salesperson. They're becoming a little bit more obsolete. Also, the F&I managers, some of the impacts on the staffing side Mm -hmm. of the dealership world. We'll talk about that. And then, Dad, For our favorite news segment, really, you've got to be kidding me. We've got some really interesting information about electric car companies. You want to learn how to make a lot of money out there, kids? Become the CEO of an electric (laughs) car company. Don't have to make a car. No, no, no. You just you just have to have an idea, and and well, and you're good at this, and sell some venture capitalists on the idea of backing it, and you'll be able to make some. We'll we'll get into that later. (laughs) <laughs> Carl's in the house. He is uh, glad that he found the channel. 25-year-old looking to buy a new Honda Passport soon. We're here to help Carl, so stick around, and we'll do the best we can. Yes. Pops, let's kick things off with the brands that have seen their prices increase the most so far this year. How's that sound? You know, I, I've, been, I've been waiting all day for this. <laughs> all right. So earlier this morning, I actually went through and I consolidated all this data this again comes from our friends over at four eyes you need me to make it bigger for you dad um well only if you'd like me to be able to read it yes there you go i would appreciate that so pops what i've done here is i've taken from four eyes again uh, i've taken the data and and put it into four different segments so brands that have increased the most year over year in terms of uh price brands that have increased the least for new cars and uh and both of those are for new cars so increased most for new cars increased uh least for new cars and the same for used cars increased most for used cars increased the most for used cars makes or the least for used cars wow that is complex not really you're you're struggling (laughs) (laughs) aren't you the one that wrote this yeah buddy all right so brands that have increased the most uh in terms of price for new cars trucks and suvs did you have a chance to look at this data dad chevrolet increased in price year over year by 39 percent yes which which i find fascinating because well chevrolet is supposed to be their general motors least expensive entry level um car brand and so if their vi- prices have gone up 39%, um, A, they would no longer be entry level, and B, they're probably no longer the least expensive. 
Then Jeeps have gone up 35% year over year, Dodge up 33.3%. So again, the, the data here, just to make sure everyone has clarity, this is saying the vehicles that were for sale, new vehicles, new Chevys, new Jeeps, new Dodges, this time last year, one year ago, were 33, 35, and 39% less expensive than they currently are on the market today. Now, and 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 to be fair, a lot of that would have to do with the lack of incentives that are being offered to, uh, on those vehicles today as compared to what the incentives might have been um, a year ago. Because a year ago, I believe, dealer or manufacturers and dealerships were still operating under the old uh, business philosophies of uh, you try to have a lot of vehicles on the lot and you try to incentivize the sales of those vehicles. And as inventory has waned and become shortened, um, the dearth of inventory, um, that they're spending a lot less in, in incentives. So that could be one of the reasons why the uh, prices are higher than they were last year, the prices that people are actually paying. Got it, got it, got it. And yeah, I, I actually have data on that, Pops, because that's Tell how good me. I am. You, you, you are full of data. So if you scroll down to the bottom of our page, so this is down at the bottom. You can also click on the heading of the complete list of price changes for all brands. We yeah. have everything here. So for example, Chevy, new Chevys are up 39.1%. Used Chevys are up 28.9%, call it 29%. So I would call it 29, yeah. We have the full list here. And then down below that, again, the data from Four Eyes right here, you can actually see, you know, so this is for the market as a whole with yes. the year over year percent changes. But I'm going to scroll down a little bit further, Pops. You can actually then break it down by trucks, wow, vans, SUVs, and cars. And you can actually choose the brand right here. So let's let's look at Chevy for a second here. Okay. And again, this is back at joinyaa.com slash guides. Take a peek. It's 100% free. We're just trying to get the right information in people's hands. So now everything we're looking at is for Chevy. Wow. So SUV prices, new. These are new prices. SUV yes. prices, new Chevy SUVs, up 53%. Does that have something year. to do with the fact that the new Suburban came out? I think it does because look at this, Dad. Yeah. The average price is 0.6% off of MSRP. There were some on here that were actually negative when I was looking at it. Wow. Yeah, there you go. The average Chevy van price right now, you see that? Uh-huh. Negative 5.2% off of MSRP. That means you have to pay 5.2% over MSRP? Exactly. Wow. Month over month, that's up 4.5%. Week over week, one point seven. I mean, this data is awesome. You can that's, actually see car prices. That's phenomenal. That's some phenomenal information. Can can we get a uh, can we get a quick um uh yeah buddy. Yeah buddy. It's really good. It's really compelling info. No, it is. And the fact that you were able to uh, uh aggregate it and put it into a easy to read and easy to use format on our website. And I'm just guessing, you correct me if I'm wrong. Does any do you have to pay to be able to access that? At, no, that's all free. I'm I'm sure to put the link in the chat real quick. And free? Again, that right. is information like that is free. There's no charge. For, oh my god! 
All right, so let's keep working our way through that because, again, we had the top three uh, manufacturers, automakers who have seen the biggest increase year over year in price change Chevy, Jeep, Dodge, then Nissan at 29.9%, yeah. Buick at 26.2%, Cadillac and GMC both at 24 nearly 25%. Chrysler at 24%, Kia at 23.7%, and Mitsubishi rounding out the top 10 at 23.5%. That was new cars, right? Okay, so is, so I'm not real yeah, go good ahead. at this, but but that would appear that that includes all of the General Motors products. Which, if you looked at the data that we presented yesterday, which was we were breaking down um, you know, state by state, and um, by manufacturer as well. Again, that's free yes. back on joinya.com slash guides. We have um, we saw that like the percentages of vehicles lost in production were much higher. Uh, inventory levels were much lower for GM products. So it mm -hmm. makes sense that their prices have gone up the yes. most. But if you're deal seeking, this is a good like kind of barometer pressure test. You know, a brand that's not on here, Mazda, yeah, Ford. for example. Ford's Ford, not on there. Toyota, et cetera. Yeah. Wow. Let's look Very at those cool. that have increased the least, Dad. Yes, and 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 it, it's led by one of my favorite cars to drive. Not necessarily one of my favorite cars to own, but one of my favorite cars to drive, uh, the Mini, um, where they have had their their pricing has remained or selling prices have remained essentially flat, and which I find hard to believe considering the fact that nobody has any inventory. I mean, so literally. Look at, this, look at this. Look at this, Pops. I'm going to scroll back down. Yeah. If you're watching, if you're listening on the podcast after the fact, sorry, sorry. Zach scrolling. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. I'm going to choose mini. Let's take a look at the data. Yeah. Because we're all about the data here. We we are. So look at this. We've got you know mini SUVs, for example. Um, and you can and, the and they are. Really, mini SUVs, not big ones, <laughs> year, they're little ones. <laughs> the year-over-year -year price change is a tenth of a point. You know, we can kind of come back here and we can see in October of last year, I mean, this is where the pricing was. Wow. For the, for the cars, the year-over-year -year price change is 2.6%. You can come back here, you can see it's like very minimal. And so, you know, you can, you can piece together what was going on. And you can also see for mini, for example, there was a huge decline in price for the quote-unquote mini SUVs um, earlier this year. Yes. Yeah, I wonder why that was. Let's look back up here at our list, though, Pops. Let's keep making our way through it. So Mini had a 0% change year over year. Mercedes-Benz, two-tenths of a point. Lexus, a half of a percent. That rounds out your top three in terms of year-over-year -year percentage change in new car prices. Lincoln, 2.4%. Audi, 3.1%. Ram, 4.1%. BMW, 47 Fiat, 5%. Acura, 5.5%. And Subaru. I was surprised to see Subaru here, but just a 6% increase in Subaru prices year over year. Yeah, that is, that is surprising considering that as a mass market brand, they are operating with the lowest day supply of inventory nationally of any brand. And for them to remain... Um, really competitively priced. Uh, that's a, that's a testament to their dealer body saying, "Hey, we've got a good product, we've got a good customer base, and we don't want to destroy either." I see a comment here, Dad, in the chat. Uh, it is uh, I'm surprised Infinity is not on the list for least price change. It is on the used side. Let's jump into that next. 
So on the used side, Pops, we've had yes. price changes for the, um, the greatest price changes actually for Volkswagen. So a used Volkswagen this time a year ago was 34.4% less expensive than it is today. Hyundai's 31.5% year over year price change, used Hyundai's. Toyota's 31.1% for used Toyota's. I mean, let me just, I'm going to scroll back down, Pops. Look at this, this stinking chart for Toyota's. It is insane. Let's get rid of Mini. Let's choose Toyota. Let's hit apply. I mean, this is this is ludicrous what we're about to see. Ludicrous is appearing in on the show today. My God, I had no idea. Why don't you tell me this stuff? Look at this. Look at this price chart. Ludicrous, right there. <laughs> the average Toyota, the average used Toyota um, last year in May was twenty two thousand eighty four dollars. Yeah. The average used Toyota right now is thirty one thousand eight hundred and forty five. Uh, you know, it seems to me that that the average cars are becoming enough bull to make that much poop. Well, there you have it. But I wouldn't have said that. I I, I would have said uh, it appears to me that the average price of cars is just well too damn high. The price of cars is too damn high, whether they be new or used. We've got Lincoln at 30.6% year over year, Kia at 30.6% in increase year over year, Dodge at nearly 30%, Chevrolet 28.9%, Cadillac 28% used Fords up 26.7%, and used Nissans up 24.7%. Want to see who had the smallest increases? Yes, and then I think we should move on to the next topic because even I'm getting bored with this stuff. Jaguar. 5% year-over-year percent change, Mazda 11.6, and there is Infinity at 13%, BMW wow. 13.5%, Land Rover 14%, Audi 15%, Alfa Romeo Mitsubishi at 16%, which is surprising because the Mitsubishi Mirage has appreciated 50% year-over-year. Yes. Lexus at 16.3, and Chrysler at 17.9. Wow. That, that is some really great data that you were able to put together and aggregate for our for our community and for those who will go to www.joinyaa.com. And my understanding is you don't even need to use the www. And you don't even have to join. It's right there for you. No, no, it, it is free. So, Pops, let's switch gears and let's move into our next topic, the Genesis GV70. Oh, my God. 2022 SUV of the year. What is your take on this? Well, you know, I visually, I always thought it was quite an appealing vehicle. But That's having said about you, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, because I'm I'm a visual kind of guy. Every, you know, I've got to be able to see it, and 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 I find uh, the looks of the new Genesis products to be, um, I don't know, I don't know if I want to use the word futuristic, but they they really do stand out from everybody else out there. Um, except for maybe that new, uh, um, um, uh, what's the, uh, what, uh, Tesla cyber truck or whatever the hell it is. But, but the, 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 the designs of the new Genesis vehicles and the GV 70, I mean, it's just stunning looking number one, the interior, the interior photos of it are equally as stunning. Um, and then the performance of it is is a pretty remarkable um genesis which is a division of hyundai has just done an incredible job of creating a whole um, new luxury brand 
and making such a statement with the design and the affordability. Um, having read the article from Motor Trend, I'm telling you, I need to find a friend that's got a Genesis franchise um, and have him reserve a GV70 for me. Uh, not that I need one, because I don't. Um, but it's just there, there's so much good about that vehicle between the three-year, 36,000 miles of, of maintenance. It includes a, a concierge uh, service where they come and pick up your vehicle and bring it back to you, uh, five-year, 60,000-mile warranty. Um, they, are try they are, I won't say they're trying, they are becoming real players in the luxury uh, car and SUV segment. Absolutely. No, uh, without a doubt. And just to give some context here, the other finalists that were there for the Motor Trend 2022 SUV of the year were the Ford Bronco. That yeah. was one of them. The Ford yeah. Bronco Sport was another yeah. one. Yeah. The Ford Mustang Mach-E. Okay. The Genesis GV70, obviously. Yes. The 2021 Jeep Grand Cherokee L. Okay. The 2022 Jeep Grand Wagoneer. The 2021 Jeep Wrangler 392 and 4XE. The 2021 Kia Sorento and the 2022 Volkswagen ID4. When you think about all those different vehicles I just listed off, it's no wonder the GV71. It's just, it's got more pizzazz to it. So it's it's a more impressive vehicle. Everything about it, and just 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 the the design. Uh, you can you can tell that the designers have a different take on how things should look, and the leaders of Genesis. Are, are giving them the leeway to do things that other brands would be afraid of attempting. And so I applaud them for that. And it's one of the reasons why I find uh, the, like the GV70 and the G70 so, so appealing. Um, they, Hal they says just, if we come out to Los Angeles, Pops, we can drive his GV70. So that's a very, very gracious uh, offer. Yes, yes. Well, he could be my friend, but just not in the business. <laughs> and Pops, just it's worth mentioning here. Um, it's kind of like some horsepower and torque numbers. The two there's a two point five liter engine. Yeah, which is a four cylinder turbocharged engine. Yes. Yep. And then there's the six cylinder uh, turbo. The 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 four cylinder three hundred horsepower, three hundred eleven pound feet of torque. The six cylinder three hundred seventy five horsepower, three hundred ninety one pound feet of torque. I mean, that's those are not those are not bad numbers. Those are impressive. I I don't know of too many four cylinder turbos that produce three hundred horsepower. Number one, and that kind of torque, um, which would indicate to me that that probably you could get by with just the four cylinder, the two point five um, GV seventy, as opposed to the three point five. Um, and I would yeah. and I would think I could be wrong. I would think. Uh, that the gas mileage is going to be uh, it's going to be more efficient in the four cylinder as opposed to the six. Catherine Smith in the live chat here mentions watch a throttle house comparison of Bentley versus GV80 Genesis GV80 pretty similar sweet rides. They look like the Bentleys. They do. The GV70 looks like the GV70 honestly looks like the Aston Martin um, SUV that they recently came out with. I mean they're impressive. I, we don't have to dwell on it too much longer. Yeah. It's not a surprise. And more Genesis products will win more awards. Yeah, no, I think so. And and uh, you know they're on the cutting edge of things, and they're not afraid to be. And and so I think that's one of the things I admire about them. I agree, pops. And just for to give some perspective here on price, the MSRP on the base 
GD70 is $42,045. So they start in a, honestly, we've talked about the average new car price is now over $45,000. So the fact that you can buy the SUV of the year as determined by Motor Trend for under the average, yes. uh, you know, new car price is kind of ridiculous. Yes, it is. And all of them are all wheel drive. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, let's, let's go find a friend. <laughs> so I can Igor get one. says, Ray, I wish I could help you, but uh, I don't own a Genesis store. We appreciate that, Igor. Well, Igor, uh, you now have a new goal. <laughs> My <laughs> lease is up in uh, in 14 months. So between now and 14 months, you need to get a Genesis store, my friend. I'll I'll come and, and buy it from you. It's not a problem. <laughs> Fair enough, Dad. <laughs> All right, Bob. There was another article, this one from the Wall Street Journal that I thought was interesting. The effects of the chip shortage and how they've uh, you know modified and changed the automotive experience, retail automotive. Yes. Not only for the consumer, it's for the automotive workforce, the retail automotive workforce. This article comes courtesy of the Wall Street Journal. Selling cars in an era of the chip shortage means more online chats and no more haggling. Dealerships lean on fewer staff to sell used cars, handle new car buyers online. Haggling has gone out the window. This whole article talks about the impacts of the chip shortage on the industry. I just want to comment on one piece here. Employment at U.S. auto dealers is down. Um, yes. Employment is almost a million, which is down from where it had been pre-pandemic, 1.1, um, even getting closer to 1.1.5 million. And we've seen here, um, if I scroll down some anecdotal data, um, this is from AutoNation. They cut 4,000, or empirical data, I should say, 4,000 employees last year. Further down below, we had um, one dealership operator who mentioned that they went from five F&I managers per dealership. Now they have three F&I managers at the dealership. So Pops, I guess I want to pose this question to you in, in, in response to reading that article and hearing about, you know, the changing landscape of jobs in retail automotive, do you think it's going to stick or what, uh, what changes do you think are, are here to stay and what aren't? Well, I, I, I think uh, as long as inventory levels are constrained, then yes, I, I think dealerships will get by with fewer employees. And, you know, the first ones to take a hit are the ones on the front line. So if, if you don't have nearly as many vehicles in inventory, then you don't need nearly as many salespeople to be selling uh, a lot less cars or a lot fewer cars. Um, so uh, the, the wonderful thing about salespeople, though, is that they usually work for commission, so if they're not selling any cars, they're not making any money, they shouldn't be costing you any money. But uh, they can be costing you money because they might not know how to uh, converse well with your potential customers. Uh, so I don't, I don't think um, sales personnel staffing is going to go up anytime soon. I don't think F&I staffing is going to go up anytime soon. But I do believe, having read that article, that um, the Wall Street Journal is so overstating the impact um, of the inventory shortages on how uh, dealerships are dealing with customers and doing more things online and um, in a more savory fashion. They're not. I mean, they're yes, to a certain degree, more cars are being sold online, more of the of of what needs to happen is happening online. Um, but we see it every day in the comments and the experiences that our community members have that 
customers are still being terribly mistreated. Um, dealer installed accessories and protection packages. That's and, not. That's not. That's not. That's not fair to bring up because that's not what this article is talking about. Just because there's uh, dealer installed accessories and packages doesn't implicate you know how many salespeople are on the showroom floor. Because I actually no, kind of disagree with you. Like I read the article and I think they appropriately described the situation. There's fewer cars to sell, so there's cutbacks on the amount of staff that the dealership needs to have. Makes sense. Well, I get that, and I agree with that, but I think they're painting a rosier picture as to the amount of dealerships that are operating like that, is what I mean, is what I'm saying. I, they're, they're painting it with a much broader brush than I think is necessary. Yes, the percentage of dealerships that are operating more in a digital platform is greater today than it's ever been, but it's still minuscule in comparison to the 17,000 new car franchise dealers that are out there. That's um, what, gonna, that's what I take. Know. That's what I take from the article. Gotcha. Gotcha. I don't know if yeah. I agree with you. Um, I don't think we have, but that you data. don't have to agree with me. I'm just saying, like, we don't have any information about how many dealerships have transitioned to more of an online sales platform. And quite frankly, it's really like a pretty, pretty bad business move if you don't do that, because you're just paying these people to sit at desks and wait for people to show up. Like, that's not going to happen because there's no inventory. Well, so you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, yeah. I was just going to say, obviously, they're not paying as many people to just sit at desks waiting um, because they've cut they've cut their uh, their employment force. Um, which, which totally makes sense. I get that. Um, but there's, there's too many old school dealers that are, that really haven't bought into this new way of doing business, which is one of the reasons why we even exist because we know the change, whatever change is slow afoot. It's, this is not, you know, suddenly somebody says to sprint to figure it out. No, most of the dealerships are going, eh, we're not ready for this yet. Let's wrap things up today, Pops, with our newest, latest, and greatest segment. Really? you, you got to be, be kidding, kidding me. me. So we found something super interesting on the internet earlier today. This comes from our friends over at Jalopnik. The title of the article is, Here's How Much You Can Make Running a Company That Doesn't Make Electric Cars. Honestly, Pops, this is hilarious. Uh, I thought we'd read through it together here, but I yes. thought the title was just fantastic. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, you know, the, the, there, this creates further opportunities um, so that we can see how to take advantage of, well, a market that, that seems to be growing, but really there's not, not nearly as many players as everybody would like to believe. So Steve De Silva over at Jalopnik wrote this. It's it's a it's a short piece, but it's really quite great. Yes. The idea is that there are a lot of EV companies out there that haven't actually produced any cars, but their CEOs are making a um, there's not a big enough bull to make that much poop. Yeah, or they're uh, also saying, "Show me the money! Show me the money!" And 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 the good news is they're getting the money. <laughs> so let's let's run through this because it is a really yes. I, I, I can't believe yes. this. You've got to be kidding me. So there's a company called Aptera, a three wheeled electric vehicle claiming up to a thousand mile range. All good, all good, all good. The company's CEO Chris Anthony has no legal employment agreement with the company, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But he owns twenty eight point five percent, worth a hundred and thirty two million dollars. How many vehicles have they built? Uh, Would that be none? <laughs> <laughs> Atlas Motor Vehicles. 
Atlas is developing the XT pickup truck to compete with the Ford F-150 Lightning, the Rivian R1T, and the Cybertruck. The company claims 500 miles of range and 35,000 pounds of towing capacity and the ability to haul 5,000 pounds in the truck bed. Unfortunately, the XT pickup also seems to have uh, adopted Cybertruck's appearance. Uh, years delayed release schedule, excuse me. Let's go on, go on, go on. Uh, Mark Hanchett, CEO and founder of Atlas, seems to have skewed a salary in the company's early days. He first earned a steady paycheck from the company in 2019, three years after its founding, when he earned $25,000. That's very modest. Yeah. The following year, his pay skyrocketed to $180,000 for a total overall payout of $205,000. But where things really get fun is down here. He owns 61% of the company which puts the total stake that he owns at 93 over 93 million dollars in compensation again they've produced zero vehicles but but here's the real kicker and the thing that you that you have to realize is that on paper they're worth a lot of money on paper uh, but you got to get somebody to buy that stock and it's not publicly traded so it would be pri privately traded, so you got to find somebody that's going. Oh yeah, I got a, I got a hundred million dollars. I want to, I want to invest in something that hasn't produced anything yet. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> Igor's asking if you can buy in. So I mean, no, maybe. you cannot, <laughs> Igor. You have to buy a Genesis store. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple more on this list at Faraday Future, the CEO, Karsten Brightfield. He signed a three-year employment agreement with a uh, $2.25 million a year salary and a $1.2 million signing bonus. Wow. Faraday has not produced a car yet. Lordstown Motors. Lordstown, this is great. Um, Lordstown, uh, the CEO, makes $250,000 a year in salary, but he owns over 25% of the business, over a billion dollars in value. But again... You know, someone would have to come in and buy Lordstown, but yes. there are plenty of people yeah. I think, who might be interested in that. We've got Nikola here as well. There's a company called Workhorse. It's just a laundry list of EV founders and executives who, worth a lot of money, haven't made a car. Haven't made a car. They've come up with an idea. They've uh, they've sold people on the idea, um, and people have put a tremendous valuation on on those ideas. Some of these companies will probably never produce a vehicle, um, and and some of these companies might, and you know they're going to walk away. The founders are going to walk away with a lot of money. God bless them. You know, uh, I, I would like to say this could only happen in America, but I'm pretty sure this could happen just about anywhere. And and so really. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> the YAA electric vehicles coming soon. Um, give us your credit card to know when it's coming first. Did I do yeah. it right? Uh, right. Something like that. Yes. And let's let's see how much we can get that valuation. up. <laughs> <laughs> Joinya.com. The data that we were looking at earlier back there as well. If you listen to the podcast after the fact, or if you're here live and you want to listen on the podcast, Apple Podcasts, also on Spotify, everyone that's on Twitch, we appreciate you, you, you twitching us. you streaming us facebook However, live on youtube as well yeah pops doing another episode today always love doing this with you yep looking forward to well uh, perhaps again tomorrow i do believe because it's news you can use brought to you from yaa every monday through friday from noon to 12 30 and tomorrow we actually will have uh, our first uh, guests on the show jared kalfas and laura we hunt from black book will be joining us for a used car market update so stay tuned for that and we have the car mom joining us on thursday so stay tuned for those episodes yes i'll be here for him at the very least i love you dad 
Love you too, handsome. I'll see you tomorrow. See you then. Yep. Bye-bye. Join us again next time. Which is probably tomorrow. To get the news you can use from YAA. YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. Thanks for listening. See you soon. soon.